All right, welcome back to another edition of the Force Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Inferna, and today I have a badass, awesome guest. We've been trying to schedule this for like two years, and uh, one missed try this week, but I have uh, Mary Dyson, right? Did I pronounce that right? Lappin, uh, Wisconsin Oshkosh throwing coach, so repping Oshkosh today. Sacrilege for my kids at Naz and Fredonia. But uh, Mary, thanks for taking the time to uh, sit down with us tonight. I'm glad to be here. Sorry, it took so long. <laughs> no, that's oh no, that's okay. It's definitely it was definitely worth the wait. <laughs> so, um, so Mary, tell us a little bit about how you you got into throwing as a as a high school athlete. Um, I guess I played softball and track. I tried mm-hmm. both, um, and I honest to God hated softball. I thought it was so boring and I think everybody just thought I would be good at it because how it was built and I just literally was so bored. Mm -hmm. So um, again, I did both. I tried both. My high school coach Mm -hmm. in softball like begged me to still play. I'm like, no, I can't. Like I can't. (laughs) So I did track and I actually liked basketball way more in high school, but I was good, like good, good at track. So that's kind of how I guess my dad was just like, you should do track. And so that's kind of how I ended up starting doing it. But so how did you, uh, so when did you realize that you were like good at track? Um, well, I was super bad in middle school, so it wasn't really that fun. (laughs) Like I remember my freshman year of high school, I threw the shot. So in eighth in seventh and eighth grade, we threw like the six pound or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And in high school, you switched to the, like, the 4K. Right. And even though it was heavier, I threw, like, six feet farther my freshman okay. year than I did in eighth grade. And so my first meet ever, I threw 40 feet in my freshman year. And I was like, wow. Oh. I was like, that's, I guess that's not bad. And so then, um, I don't know, I just, again, I loved basketball. And that was kind of mm-hmm. my thing. And I skipped track meets for um, AAU basketball. And, like, I wow. skipped um, for basketball like everything basketball basketball and even though I'm tall for an average female I'm not like six two sure. so I'm like five nine so I don't know it was probably like my sophomore junior year like I started getting all these letters for track and I got maybe like two for basketball I was like oh like so then I realized I could probably go to school for probably little to nothing sure track so then I was like all right I guess this is I guess I'm good at track so so when, so when you were going through the recruiting process, right, because you threw much farther than 40 feet by yeah. the time you were junior and senior. So what, um, you know, talk a little bit about, like, what you looked at in regards to selecting the school that you were going to go to. Was it uh, location? Did it have anything to do with, like, the teammates, like, the team that you were going to join, the coach, like, previous team success? Like, what kind of led you in one direction over the other? Um. I would say location was the number one priority mm-hmm. for me. Uh, I'm the oldest of four girls, very, mm-hmm. very close with all my sisters and my parents, everyone in my family. Um, so when I narrowed it down, I looked basically within a three hour radius and that mm-hmm. was about it. And at that point it was basically narrowed down to university of Wisconsin, university of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. I was either mm-hmm. going to go one or the other. And then that was when I was what, like, beginning of my senior year probably and I'm like I didn't want to look at smaller schools because I didn't want to be recruited by these big schools and then tell my friends like oh but I didn't go there you know like I wanted to be like the cool kid at school that was going to like the big 10 school or whatever um but then I the more I talked with my parents and whatnot I actually had a call from Winona State which was D2 in Minnesota so literally like an hour and 10 minutes from my house so really 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 close and so I was like, wow, like the coach was actually really nice, but I'm not going to go visit, you know? Right. Um, so then my mom was like, well, let's just go to narrow it out. You know, right. like maybe, maybe you just want to see it, whatever. So after these like three day long visits at Minnesota and Wisconsin, where they bring you to like, bring you on the field for the football games and they right. put you in this fancy hotel and you eat food fancier than you've ever had before. Right. I go to Winona state for literally like three hours and have lunch. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that's where I need to be. So I guess it's probably off topic, but even mm-hmm. if high schoolers or whatever college mm-hmm. coaches are listening, like mm-hmm. I think it's super important to look at other levels because right. I mean, I probably could have done decent as a D1 athlete right away, mm-hmm. but I probably would have kind of just been lost in the mix of things. Sure. 
So I think it was a really good decision and I'm glad my mom kind of was like, let's try this, you know? Right. And so, and then after you leave, you go to college your freshman year, no one remembers where you go anyway, your right. high school friends and whatnot. So it's yeah. like, I mean, it was a great decision and I really liked it there. So when you stepped on campus, what, um, like, what were you expecting? Like, what were your expectations showing up? I mean, you were a great thrower in high school. You walk into a team and is, is like fall conditioning hard? Are you like, oh my gosh, like, wh what did I get myself into? Or was it like, were your teammates, they just welcomed you with open arms? Um, well, it was actually kind of strange. So it was, mm -hmm. My teammates at Winona were mm. way, like there was more of much more of them than there mm. would have been at Wisconsin or Minnesota. Sure. And there was two really good girls at each school that freshman, mm. like at Minnesota and Wisconsin that first year. And so mm. I would have been like maybe two or three out of those freshmen. Mm. But even the four girls we had in my class at Winona, everyone was good. Sure. And so it was kind of like we all had to kind of learn that yeah, we're going to be buddies. Yeah, we're going to be friends, but it's going to be, there's going to be times where it's going to kind of get difficult because right. we're all very competitive. Mm -hmm. So, and plus we didn't have a men's team there. So it was okay. like, we had like, I don't know, 12 to 15 women, mm -hmm. very competitive and like just good women, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was fall conditioning. It was good. It was, I mean, it was hard. Like, I wasn't expecting any of I've never done anything like that. I've never yeah. done, like, um, all, I mean, it's hot in the fall too, you know? Right. So you're doing all this stuff in the heat, but our team was awesome. It was, yeah. I mean, we had our little spats, whatever, but everyone does, but yeah. it was, I wouldn't have wanted to be around anyone else, especially yeah. coming in. Cause those girls were just really, really good. Yeah. And I loved my coach a lot. Yeah. What was it about? What was it about your coach that, uh, that you love so much? Um, I don't know. He was, there was just no BS, you know, it was just mm -hmm. like, this is who I am. This is mm -hmm. how I run things. Um, he didn't, he wasn't afraid to like give you shit sometimes, you know, sure. like it, was, it wasn't always like perfect and I'm not always playing a game and this wasn't, mm -hmm. it didn't feel as much as like a business kind of, you know, sure. like it felt like it could be like a home away from home and mm -hmm. like a family member, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of what I, I guess the first thing that made me feel mm -hmm. that with him and like I said I only spent like three hours with the people with the team members and him and I was like this is where I want to be right so t talk a little bit about um, like meat prep at at that level so in high school you just just to share with everyone who's listening what were your personal best in the shot put and discus um shot put I threw 45.6 and discus I threw 152 okay so think so talk about like how, how you started preparing for that first your first meet the beginning of december right your 45 foot shot putter which is that's competitive at the d2 level right and almost any year you might you might all american so talk about like what's it like to prepare at that level as opposed to you know i'm just preparing for like a, a regional meet or you know state championships back in high school well, i went to a private high school so i had there was three throwers on my team okay so it was already like way different and mm -hmm. As much as like I loved the people on my team, they did it because it was fun, you know. I right. didn't, and I'm not saying it wasn't fun for me, but it was more more than that for me, you know. Right. Um, so I guess just going into college, and I mean, it was way different, you know. Sure. Coach in high school was amazing, and I to this day like credit him for anything. I mean, I probably wouldn't be coaching if it wasn't for him. Right. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a lot different, you know. It's right. you, it's. I went to, a, again, a small private high school. My school was in the smallest division in Wisconsin. Like, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of competition in high school. Sure. Um, and then you go to where I went and half my – I mean, we had five, six girls over 150 feet in the discus. Right. So it's like you don't get to have a bad day, even on right. your own team, let alone going right. to the team. Right. So the nice thing about having the team members that I had was that I was always prepared for those meets. Mm -hmm. Because even if I like was competitive on my team, I was most likely going to be competitive at the meets. Right. So like even at our conference meet, I remember my sophomore year, maybe mm -hmm. we had six girls on the podium at weight in the conference. Right. Like it was just unreal, you know? So you have to kind of be on your A game even at practice. Right. So, right. I mean, I guess that's the good way to have it. Mm -hmm. Now, did your coach like the day, did he have like a, a way of, um, you know, like sitting everybody down and, and like talking about like goals and expectations that um, like you had for the season coming in or like, a, you know, for your outlook 
wake um, up? Well, we had a we had a lot of one on one meetings. Okay. And I'll be honest, like I've always required a lot of. I don't want to say I'm high maintenance as an athlete, mm-hmm. but I get very even now. Like I second guess myself a lot, even when I'm doing well. If it's not like absolutely perfect, sure. I need like I don't love it, but I did always and still sometimes do need like reassurance that I'm doing mm-hmm. well. Right. So him and I got like we had a lot of meetings and a lot mm-hmm. of like goals and talking about that things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a ton where it's all of us together, mm-hmm. but. I'd say like individually, like I was in there a lot okay. about things and mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. And we talked about things like back then. I mean, we talked about throwing 200 feet in discus. Like we talked mm-hmm. about stuff like that. And I mean, obviously the plan changed and everything right. changed, but um, we talked about a lot of things for even that week. And we talked about things 10 years from then, you know, right. it was mm-hmm. short and long-term goals. Right. So how much of that have you applied to your coaching? Like not to jump too far ahead, but uh you're coaching at Wisconsin Oshkosh, which is, you know, one of the premier division three throwing programs in the country. How, what have you, what did you take from, from those first, those early college experiences that you apply with the kids that you have now? Cause you have a, I mean, you have a squad of all squads, right? You, you how many kids did you bring to indoor nationals this year? Um, we had three. You had three this year. Last year you had a ton. I mean, you were probably going to bring another six or maybe yeah, six total sure. outdoor nationals, yeah, right? Like, lot, which right. was bummer, but right. So, like, is there anything in particular that you learned those those first few years that um, you know what this is how I want to do it if I coach, or you know I probably shouldn't do that. Um, I'll be honest. Like, we don't. I don't have as many individual meetings with them as mm-hmm. as we did. Mm-hmm. I I do have kids that are more like I was, where they. I mean, I have a few athletes that stop in my office every day, you know, and we happen to talk about track and Mm -hmm. then sometimes we don't, but, um, we, I guess it just depends on the athlete, you know, some kids require more than others. Mm -hmm. And, um, we do have like a meeting after indoor, a meeting after Mm -hmm. outdoor people kind of fizzle out and leave at different times. But, um, I mean, I have goals for them too. And I tell Mm -hmm. them. So some of them are secret. Some of them I don't want, I don't right. want to like make them feel like pressure or something. But right. after indoor, for example, last year, I was really disappointed with how we did at conference. Mm-hmm. And so I took a couple of days to decide like how I wanted to go about it. And um, basically I just took the points we scored and what I thought we could have scored right. and what I think we could do outdoor. Mm-hmm. And we actually over, like we did better than I thought outdoor. So, sure. and I don't get like, like firm or mean, mm-hmm. like, I rarely like yell at the kids, sure. but I was pretty bummed after indoor and they knew I was. Mm-hmm. So, and when I kind of explained to them why I thought we could do better, they were like, Oh, I think that, I think you're right. You know? Right. So again, I, I don't meet with them as much as I met with my mm-hmm. coach in college, but again, I think it just depends on the kid. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you started at one school, but I think you finished at a se- another school, right? Indiana State. Yep. Yeah. So talk about the transition to Indiana State, sir. I think your, I mean, your, your career like blew up, right? Yeah. Um. So basically, I always had my freshman year, especially. I always had that in the back of my head. Like, I love where I am. My teammates mm-hmm. are awesome. I love my coach. I love being away or close to home. Right. But I also kind of had it in the back of my head, like. I was recruited by like all big schools and then this right. school and this is where I ended up. And I almost sometimes like, I would think about how it was like the safe option. Sure. So after my freshman year, I was supposed to win discus outdoor mm-hmm. and part of me, I got eighth. So I did mm-hmm. really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, first of all, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been uh, like the f- person that was supposed to win as a freshman. Like it's not right. supposed to be like that. Right. And so, and then when I did bad, I was like, I'm leaving. Like, this isn't, like, I totally took it out on everybody else. When it wasn't anyone's fault, I just had a bad knee. Mm -hmm. So I decided, and my parents and I, we talked, we're like, you're not leaving on a bad, a bad knee. You're like, you have a bad taste in your mouth about one track meet. You had a good season. So then I was like, okay, you're right. Well, then I, at that meet, actually, I met a boy and he was in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So we dated all that year when I was still in Minnesota. Sure. And then I, after my sophomore year, won nationals and did just mm-hmm. right. And then I was like, okay, now I'll leave. Sure. And so anything, like the only reasons I left was, the biggest reason I left was because that boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And that was something I didn't tell people for a long time. Right. But 
now as like almost 30 year old and someone who should try to teach other people not to chase boys around the country right um, <laughs> between that and then I I just I always wanted to know if I could make it at that next level you know right but it was never anything bad that happened in Winona I loved my coach I just talked to him like two hours ago sure Winona um my teammates were awesome like it was never anything bad that happened in Winona it was just a series of weird events and a little bit of wonder if I could do it at the next level right. so talk about doing it at the next level like what happened when you got to uh Indiana well my teammate so I looked at all the schools in Indiana and basically as soon as I got offered a bunch of money I was just like sure I'll come here you know sure. so I ended up at Indiana State mm-hmm. um my teammate was Felicia Johnson. I don't know if you know that name. Sure, yeah. So she's on what, like 23, 24, something in the weight for the last five, six, seven years. Right. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, like this isn't really what I'm used to. Um, <laughs> and so I – and I would kind of gotten away with like some things that I probably should have done better at. Like I one-turned in the weight my freshman and sophomore year. Okay. And so like I, I think I threw like was it just under 19 meters in the one-turn on the weight. Okay. And it was kind of like, even as a coach now, it's like, well, if you're doing well throwing a one turn, just stick with the one turn. But then again, now I'm like, well, you're, you're an idiot. Like if you can 19 meter one turn, you should be able to throw like 22 meters on a three. Right. So right. it was, I don't know, it was just a lot different. And so I gained about, I don't know, 40, 50 pounds, got super, super strong. Never really got that much better at the discus, but I got, I improved about, eight feet in the shot. Sure. Um, didn't get much better at the weight. Mm-hmm. I basically became a shot putter. So right. I got really super strong, really heavy, um, and just didn't really have the flexibility and the movement that I needed in the discus anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess I ended up working out. Like it was a right. little bit different than what I had expected, but my first year there, I wasn't all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, my fourth year, I busted my ankle really bad and then I got mono so I redshirted that whole year and then my fifth year was kind of like I guess my breakout slash last year so it was I got fourth at indoor and outdoor that year in the shot Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that was pretty much it (laughs) so when did you so what year uh was that your senior year or your that last year of college yeah what about it yeah so what year was that Oh, that would have been uh, 2014. 2014. Yep. So, you're, so you're two years out from the Olympic trials, yep. right? So you graduate. So did, was that like in the back of your mind? Like, you know, I'm, I'm already, yeah. you know, in the low 50s. I, I've, I'm qualified for indoor nationals. Should yep. I give it a shot? Um, so that was the plan. Mm-hmm. So my last meet ever was at U.S. Championships Outdoor that year. Right. And I threw okay. Like it wasn't great, but that was the plan. I was going to take the summer off. I had all my stuff packed in Indiana. I was going to fly back to Indiana, drive my car home. Anything that didn't fit in my car, I left mm-hmm. like basically on the sidewalk and people just grabbed it. Mm-hmm. But um, I basically just, I was going to go home, get settled in where I was moving, mm-hmm. um, take the summer off, kind of reset, lose some weight. Cause I felt mm-hmm. kind of fat. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall, I would pick up again and start training and start whatever. And then I just, in the summer, I just, I kind of had an identity crisis. And I just, I was like, I don't know if I want to throw anymore. You know, I just, right. I felt, as I talked to a couple people and I kind of thought about it. And I just eventually decided, like, I think I need to channel my passion for track and field on the other end of it. And do sure. Because that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a volunteer assistant at University of Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm probably not going to have time for this anyway. And I don't want right. to do it half-hearted. And mm-hmm. so basically, I just decided, like, I think I can be a really good coach. And sure. I, it was always a goal of mine to make it to U.S. Championships. And I did. And that, to me, was just like, you know what? Like, this is, in my opinion, the best I can be. So right. I just kind of tried to end on a high note. And mm-hmm. I feel content with it. So. So when you made the transition to, to college coaching, what uh, mm-hmm. what was that first year like? I mean, because you're still relatively young, right? Yeah. So you're you're coaching athletes that are maybe like two or three years younger than you. So talk about like those first like few experiences of you know sitting on the other side of the desk per se. Well, I had a really great transition because, like I said, I was a volunteer assistant at Madison, mm-hmm. and they had that year was Kelsey Cards last year. So she was a 2016 Olympian right. and um, Michael Learman, who threw 25 meters in the weight. He was a yeah. senior. 
So these people that I was around were like amazing once in a lifetime people. Right. And so then also we had redshirt freshmen that were just really great. Like they need to learn the weight. Like you're going to work with them like that type of thing. So, and I had thrown against Kelsey, you know, so it's kind of weird, but they were amazing. Like it was, I was, it was a weird thing because even though they were D1 and I was D1, it was not really the same, you know, the the facilities and the stuff they got and the meets they went to, like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the same, but it was still Mm -hmm. cool to be exposed to that. Right. Um, and being with Dave, like for a year, like I learned mm-hmm. so much from him. And like I said, I talked to him the other day, like, right. So it's the relationships that I built there and mm-hmm. Kelsey and I talk a lot. Right. Um, so it is, I mean, that year was really awesome. I liked that. It was, I went, traveled the country, like right. pl- went to places I've never been. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. It was a really great year. I, I loved that year. So from, from your coaching perspective now, you, you kind of like hung up the, you know, your throwing shoes mm-hmm. for a little bit. Talk a little bit about like how, how those athletes, how they prepared for meets. I mean, you know, Mike, like you said, it's a once in a lifetime, 25 meter thrower, every single meet for the most part that indoor season, like how, how did they prepare, you know, maybe differently than what, um, you know, Instagram or like social media might show, you know, it shows all the highlights, yeah. but like talk about like leading up to that. Like, Cause like, every throw is in 25 meters, right? Every throw yeah. isn't like perfect. So what, what's it like working with athletes, like preparing them for, you know, NCAA D1 nationals? Um, I mean, like you said, there's, there's Instagram and there's the things, and honestly, what, 2015, that would have been like Instagram really right. wasn't that big yet. Right. That's um, right. Not like right. now, but still like, you think about like, for me, example, when I'm throwing my last year in Kelsey cards of whatever, junior, senior, when I'm mm-hmm. finishing and I'm like, this girl's amazing. Like, I don't understand how she does what she does. And then you start to see her every day and it's like, she has days where she's stressed out or days where she had a bad day with her boyfriend or a bad Mm -hmm. day with a class or things like that. And it's like, Oh, like these people are human, you know, like they actually have a lot of bad days. And then you kind of learn like you, I mean, you learn those things you have to learn to get through a day that's bad. You know, you just stays where you just kind of hold on and days where you're really not going to get much done. You know, right. you just, you do what you need to do. You drill or you do things that maybe you just go lift that day, like things like that. And right. See that, that those people are human, you know, it's amazing. But at the same time, it's like, wow, like, I didn't think that was, <laughs> I think you had bad days. I just figured you were amazing every single day. Right. <laughs> so after, so after you wrap up in, um, in Madison, you transition Oshkosh, correct? Yep. So talk about how you made that tra- transition from, um, you know, working with uh, 25 meter throwers, uh, mm-hmm. national champions, and then you transition to Oshkosh, where you know you're given the keys to uh, you know one of the richest, deepest programs ever. Um, how what was that experience like then, where you're most responsible for for your throwers? Um, so I I knew I wanted as much as I loved that experience, and I mm-hmm. I loved going to like I've been to, I went to New York City with them, and I went to California like three times, like mm-hmm. all these like awesome places and places that I'd never like been or you know mm-hmm. and then you go to Oshkosh and it's like you go to two hours away like you know like in Wisconsin <laughs> and every meet's cold and you don't get to right. go to San Diego every other weekend right um so it was when I got to Oshkosh there was a four-year gap between the old coach that was there and when mm-hmm. I got there okay the coach went to Penn State mm-hmm. and so there was enough time where the like good people or at least most of them were gone. Okay. So when I got there, we had five kids mm-hmm. and when they were like in the past, they'd had maybe like 20 something. Sure. So, and then one of the athletes, two of the athletes I had were one was like literally like 10 months younger than me. Mm-hmm. Like it was, and he was very stubborn and I, I didn't know if I wanted to coach after being there with mm-hmm. that one year. Um, I just didn't, it was a really, it was a hard, hard year. Sure. So it was me just kind of like wanting to use what I'd learned and all mm-hmm. these things that I had like drawn up and all these plans that I had and all these things I grabbed from different programs that I liked and I was going to make my own. And mm-hmm. then I had like just some kids that didn't want to listen, you know, sure. and it wasn't necessarily like their fault looking back now. It was, they had had like four coaches in five years. Right. And so then here comes this new coach that they probably think is just going to leave. Mm-hmm. And in reality, now I just finished year five. And right. so it was, I wish I could have those kids now, you know, 
because I think we would have had a really great relationship. I also right. like didn't want to like have a bad relationship with them. In reality, mm-hmm. I just wanted I didn't want to be their friend necessarily, but I wanted them to like me. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's like most of my kids, like I would say 99% of my kids like really adore me, you know. Sure. And, but it, there's also some kids like I have to get on more mm-hmm. and they are totally respectful of that. You know, mm-hmm. they do it just they know that I'm doing it cuz that's my job and Right. But that first year was bad. Like it was pretty miserable, mm-hmm. but it got better each year. Like each year right. was a little bit better. And then this last year, even though it got cut short, right. the virus was literally my favorite year I've had, mm-hmm. which stinks that it was cut short, but right. it did get better each year. So do you think like, uh, like your street cred of your, your previous throwing successes, I mean, your Olympic weightlifting stuff like is taking off now when, when you have kids sitting in your office you know, high school seniors or maybe juniors that are just like visiting, like, do they recognize you? Like, do they take into consideration? Like, oh my gosh, my coach threw at the, you know, U.S. indoor nationals or outdoor nationals. Oh my gosh, she, you know, clean and jerks, you know, 163 kilos. Like, does that, does it help? Do you think like, do do the Um, parents like, does it like play a role in anything or? And so I'll be honest, like, I don't tell people a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Like I, my head coach is always like, tell them, like tell everyone, like I would tell everyone if I was you. And it's like, like I had one of our best sprinters, like he's an all American sprinter. Mm-hmm. He asked me like literally like maybe two months ago, he was like, wait, you went to USA's? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you serious? And he was like freaking out about it. And I just, it's not that I'm like, I don't know. I, I never, I never really know how to like fit it in a conversation. Sure. And even like when people come in my office, like I keep all my track stuff at my office cause I don't mm-hmm. want my house to feel like trophy like stuff. Right. You know what I mean? right. So I keep it all in my office. And so like, even if I have athletes come in there, mm-hmm. it's mostly the other kids, sprinters, jumpers, those mm-hmm. kids, holy crap. Like you have so many trophies in here. Like, but my kids are kind of, they're just like, Oh yeah. It's whatever like she's mm-hmm. she's always winning stuff and like yeah. silly and teasing me they tease me about it all the time mm-hmm. um but I don't know it depends like with I'll be honest like there's times mm-hmm. where people think it's really cool and then I have mm-hmm. times where I mean I had a recruit's dad ask me if I've ever if I felt comfortable coaching men and I was like I mean last year I was in the running for assistant men's assistant coach of the year you know right. so I'm like want to be sarcastic because I'm kind of sarcastic like, no, I don't know like you're probably right probably not um but in reality like it's so it depends like some people right. think it's like the coolest thing in the world and mm-hmm. and there's this year has been probably the most people have noticed it just because like I think it is because Instagram to be honest like with mm-hmm. like the lifting stuff and mm-hmm. um like I remember one week there was or maybe it's like one day it was like within like an hour Mm-hmm. all these throwers from the same school all followed me mm-hmm. and I was like oh geez I guess they're talking about me right, <laughs> sure right right oh so, I don't know and they were in our conference and so mm-hmm. I don't know it's just funny stuff like that and so some people think it's really cool other people mm-hmm. like probably don't know mm-hmm. but I don't like I said I don't tell a lot right. of people well you've made a pretty like seamless transition with that I mean you 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 coach full-time you you're married you uh train full-time like twice a day like how do you like, how do you manage that, right? Like, I think people sometimes take it for granted. Oh, you know, Mary's just, she has all the time in the world. She could go train in her, in her garage and, and whatever. But like, wh- what's that like? Like, how do you like mentally like prepare? Okay, I got this session this morning and I'm going to teach, I'm going to coach 25 athletes and then I'm going to try and have lunch and then I got to take yeah. recruits out and then I got to do this. Like, and then I got to train again. Yeah. Like, how do you do it? Like, how do you like mentally get ready for that stuff every well, day? like I mean I'm very organized Mm -hmm. so like I I don't I do like the internet planner stuff but I'm like a Mm -hmm. I like to write stuff down like in my planner Mm -hmm. and so I plan everything I have like I guess referring back to like when we weren't at home because of the Mm -hmm. virus yes I mean I have my get my workouts on Sundays I decide Mm -hmm. like what I'm doing that in the morning what I'm doing Mm -hmm. in the afternoon um I try to be at work by like 8.30. So I go to bed usually around no later than 10, 10.30. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband works nights. So mm-hmm. as much as that kind of like stinks, I can go to bed whenever I want. I can do whatever I want at night. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of like a weird situation, I guess, because I mm-hmm. don't see him that often, but I right. do whatever I want to do because I'm by myself. Right. So 
I pretty much just get up early. I do usually squats or something in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't do well with clean and jerk or snatch in the morning because I mm -hmm. need to wake up. Sure. Um, I sit down a lot more than I used to, like at practice mm -hmm. on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like I have, we have these little like boxes in there and I mm -hmm. coach from the box. And obviously mm -hmm. I like, I'm getting up and telling the kids and showing them stuff. But right. I used to be on my feet all day because if I was exhausted when I got home, it didn't matter. Right. But now like I'm sitting a lot more because I have to, or I won't mm -hmm. be able to get through my workouts. Right. Um, so yeah, I just, I lift in the morning. I coach during the day. I do my office work in the morning before practice. And then I come home and I lift again and mm -hmm. eat supper, take a shower and go to bed. You mm -hmm. know, so it's very monotonous and it's the same right. every day, but um, I don't know. I think it's, it, means more to me that I'm having some success with it and right. I have like a busy life you know so mm -hmm. like I mean I'm not taking away from any lifters that don't have jobs right but it like I take a lot of pride in that that mm -hmm. I can do both right um, and I love track and I love coaching and I'm not gonna get rid of it right so I mean there's days where it's like miserable but mm -hmm. most of the time I'm just like tired you know sure it's, it's fine but I'm just tired a lot <laughs> So when did you really start getting into like more competitive with, with the weightlifting? Like when did you realize, well, I can like compete for, you know, maybe, you know, try, you know, qualify for the Olympic trials or, you know, um, uh, senior nationals, like stuff yeah. like that. Um, it was the summer 2017 or like the mm -hmm. fall. So like August, September ish. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hadn't lifted since 14 like I haven't lifted in three years at this point because wow. I didn't want to you know yeah. I was I had lost a bunch of weight and I yeah. I know most of it was muscle but I just felt fine and uh -huh. I was walking my dog like an hour a day like yeah. just long walks and I was fine with everything yeah. and then Mike Gatone who's the like one of the technical directors of USA weightlifting yeah. was recruiting someone else to do weightlifting Kurt Jensen right. I don't know if you know that name Mm -hmm. yeah. chapter yep. and he put my name in it and he said no you need to recruit her right. and so then he got a hold of my videos and he's like why is why is she not doing this you know right. from college or whatever my lifting videos and so we ended up going on vacation my husband and I and then we came back and that's when I kind of like started it so I started mm -hmm. in like October-ish of mm -hmm. 2017 and I had never snatched before in my life like mm -hmm. we'd never we did some narrow grip snatch in college but never sure. like heavy right so I had no idea what I was doing and I was really bad at it I'm still not that good at it mm -hmm. but it's just very it's a lot harder to come back to slash learn than clean and right. jerk mm -hmm. so I had experience in clean and jerk so mm -hmm. um I don't know I guess that January I competed I did well in clean and jerk sucked mm -hmm. in the match mm -hmm. um and so I've just been I guess ever since then just each meet is a little bit better and I'm kind of realizing like my coach always jokes about, but he's probably right. Like that was like put on the earth to lift, which I always think I was always probably a better lifter than thrower anyway. Right. But, um, I mean, I didn't know about competing in weightlifting, you know, so it was something that I didn't really look into cause I didn't know about it. Right. So you follow like, I mean, Sarah Robles, like you see them on Instagram, right. Holly Mangold, right. and those girls and stuff. Like I knew who they were, but I never once thought myself, I should do that. I, right. So, but I do love it. And it's, it's different and it's not as stressful as throwing was for me. Mm -hmm. So I guess now I'm just doing my best to make some noise in the sport and see mm -hmm. what happens. Yes. I, I mean, you just competed at the Arnold. Yeah. Like you made some pretty, pretty big noise there. Mm -hmm. Right. So how, so the week leading up to that, so we kind of talked about it a little bit like offline, mm -hmm. like the week leading up, did you, cause you said, I think it was an Instagram post. You never had more than 160 on the bar right? Or 161, <laughs> something like that. So what, what happened that week? Do you think like between the ears that you showed up at, you know, in Columbus, no one's there, right? No one's in the stands. Maybe your, your parents, I think went, right. And that's about it. Like people that got away with finding a wristband could get in. Sure. And luckily I was in a session with like some really popular people. So people like when they tried, if they got in, they were going to watch our session. Sure. So, I mean, like Maddie Rogers was in mine. I mean, she mm -hmm. has like 680,000 followers on Instagram. Right. Right. So, she is, if I was there, yeah. like, there'd be some people. <laughs> right. But, um, 
actually the week leading up to the Arnold was actually a really horrible week for me. So I, my husband was sick all, all weekend and I was super scared that I was going to get sick. Mm -hmm. So I was like, nervous about that and then my dog who's like gonna be one next week gets into my purse and chews a bottle of medicine and I end up in the ICU or the ER with her so she's in the ICU for two days and I'm thinking she's gonna die so I'm like super freaking out about that because I'm really good about the dog and then I honestly like texted my coach and I was like if my dog's not fine I'm not going like I need to be with her. You know what I mean? Right. I was really upset about that. And then they tell you, you're not, there's not spectators going. So I freaked out about that. Cause my parents right. were going to drive me. Right. And then it's also the weekend of last chance for track. So I'm already getting my kids ready. And right. luckily they were already qualified. Like they were going to be fine. Right. So Friday comes around, we go to a last chance meet. I coach till like 8 30 PM. Mm-hmm. We drive to Indianapolis lose an hour to get there uh-huh. so I'm already getting less sleep and right. then my mom she's like I didn't want to tell you but it was also daylight savings I also lost another hour of sleep right so I guess I don't really know like I was freaking out kind of about it and I was I didn't feel prepared I didn't uh-huh. feel ready and I mean like you said like I hadn't had 155 was the most I've ever had on the bar uh-huh. and so and I would have been happy like with my 156, the one that I had right. made. Like I was happy with that. Like that was yeah. a PR and whatever. Um, but my goal was first time, I just got to get a snatch in because I'm right. not going to get a snatches yet. I just let me get my first snatch in and I'll feel mm-hmm. fine. Right. So I guess it was, I missed my last two snatches, which stunk, but I think next time will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then clean jerk came around and then I was already kind of like nervous about it because we had been kind of talking about like Sarah and like, I mean, she's a two-time Olympian. Like right. she's like the queen. Right. 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 And people have like kind of like chitter chatter about like, Oh, you could clean and jerk with Sarah. I'm like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um, I ended up, I guess, beating her in it, which I didn't even know. Right. Until then. Um, which doesn't, I mean, doesn't mean that much, but it was still kind of like, a little bit of a confidence booster like you belong with these girls you know right um but yeah it was had an american record on the bar and got called for a press out which was fine like okay. everyone was saying it didn't look like a press out but i knew it was like immediately i okay. knew it would not out but i was just glad i made the clean because sure. um but yeah it was a really amazing weekend and i wish it wouldn't have felt so rushed i wish right there could have been more people there. We were supposed to be on the main stage where like, um, like Thor and, uh, what's the big strong man guy? Um, Brian Shaw. Brian like Shaw. Those, yeah. Like yeah. we were supposed to be on the stage, like the one right. they did their stuff on, but because of the virus, like everything got changed, but right. it ended up working out fine and it was a good, but I guess I've always competed really well compared to practicing and training. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, one of the benefits of having my, so my, I mean, I train in my garage by myself when I'm exhausted. And even if I have like five people watching me, I just get this giant adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. So there was quite a few people watching my session. Mm-hmm. And just with those people around, I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I can do this. It's fine. Right. You know, so just having the people makes me feel fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of adrenaline mm-hmm. drunky when it comes to that. So what's different with, like, you're a national champion discus thrower, and now mm-hmm. you're um, world-class, I'll throw it out there, you're world-class Olympic weightlifter. How, like, do you prepare differently? Like, did you, like, when you approached throwing the discus, was it, is it different than, you know, the, the week leading up to, you know, competing at the Arnold Classic, or I know you were going to compete at, um, you know, senior nationals in May, mm-hmm. and I think they postponed that. Like, what, talk about, like, is it different? Is it not different? I mean, cause you're elite, you're elite thrower. Now you're elite weightlifter. Like, is the mindset all the same? Like you just, whatever it takes, or is there, you know, something else? Cause I think sometimes people take for granted, like, uh, she's been lifting for her whole career. Like it's, it's, you know, she should be lifting this far. It's only, yeah. been, it's only what, like 30 months, like yeah, not, about, even, not even, right. And about, yeah, that's about, about 29, 30 months. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what, how, like it's, it just fascinates me. I'm sorry. Like, I'm so like enthralled by like, that, that we're having this conversation, but like, how, how do you do that? Um, like I said, I always felt more confident in the weight room than I did on the track anyway. Right. 
um, I just feel like so many things could go wrong in such a short amount of time in throwing, which totally right. can happen in weightlifting too. Right. And that's kind of where I feel like with snatches and whatnot, right. like I feel very like elementary in them and I feel right. like so many things can go wrong in such a short right. amount of time. And, but my strength like is always there, you know? Right. So I know once, especially in snatch, like once I get more technical, like I'll be yeah. fine. But right. like in throwing, I guess like even with like discus or hammer, like I, those events are, I mean, I couldn't utilize my muscle the way I wanted in those events, you know, like in hammer, especially like I just wanted to grip rip, you know, and I threw okay in hammer, but I, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't utilize my talents and my like strengths literally as more as, as confident as I could in weightlifting, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and like on a bad day in weightlifting, I don't, it's not really a bad day. Stuff just feels really heavy. Right. On a bad day of weightlifting, it feels heavier than it should, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Or you're just like, this is just a bad day, you know, but it's, it doesn't affect me mentally as much as it does throwing, which my Mm -hmm. coach would probably laugh at that because he thinks I'm crazy sometimes. (laughs) But um, like in, in throwing, it was, that was a big reason why I stopped. Like it was, it was too stressful at that Mm -hmm. point. And I'm not at that point with weightlifting and I hope I never get to that point. Mm-hmm. But um, when my like mental, I guess, health went down because of how I was acting as a thrower and basing my self-worth on how I was throwing, like that's how I kind of knew it was time to be done. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like that with weightlifting. Mm-hmm. So what are your next steps? I mean, we're, we're, I mean, I never, I'm 38. Like I just turned 38 last month. I never thought we would live through something like we're going through right now. Like what, what do you, I mean, things are getting canceled left and right. If, if you don't compete, like, is there opportunities that you think that you'll be able to get on the platform again this year? Um, so the next one that I have scheduled for sure would be in December. So I feel decently confident that that won't be canceled. I hope. Um, so our national meet, our senior national meet, which was supposed to be in May is actually with that meet in December. Okay. So basically, like, if you sign up for one of them, you basically compete in both. Sure. So um, I don't really understand it. It's kind of weird. I'm still trying to understand weightlifting. Mm -hmm. But um, I pretty much just show up and Mm -hmm. do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I'm hoping that's not canceled. There's another meet in September in Vegas. that I mean, there's, like, American Open meets, they call them. Right, yep. Um, So September, there's one in Vegas. I think it's in Vegas. So if that's not canceled, I'd kind of like to do that one. Mm -hmm. But... I don't know. I only compete like three or four times a year anyway. So I don't feel like, and I competed in October, December, and March. So I feel, I'm not sad that mm-hmm. nationals was canceled really. Like I'm sad for a lot of other people, mm-hmm. but personally I'm not that upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel ready. I mean, it's only like what, six weeks away. Like it's not <laughs> yeah, hard. Maybe right. eight. Yeah. So I guess until then, I'm just, I'm really, the last couple of weeks, I'm really, really trying to figure out how to snatch uh-huh. um, because my clean and jerks are competitive, like on a mm-hmm. international level, but right. my snatch, because my total is like added, like I'm not mm-hmm. overly competitive yet as right. a full lifter. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to like really step back and try to figure out that lift and um, I guess get stuff ready for the season next year sure. for our kids and do some stuff around the house that I haven't done right. in a year. So sure. I guess that's kind of my plan mm-hmm. for everything, but I guess we'll see. What about the Olympic trials in uh, 21? What do you think? Um, so in weightlifting, it's really strange. So in weightlifting, the like trials, I guess, start like two years before. Mm-hmm. So you have to make like international teams. You have to make like all these other meets. So for me, it's not really possible for, to go to 2021, mm-hmm. but as long as I'm feeling like healthy and still improving, like I yeah. intend to still train till 2024, right. um, which would probably make me like the oldest person to be lifting because the other, a lot of the girls I'm lifting with are pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know, hopefully my like old lady strength kicks in and I keep getting better and we'll see. But your training age, you're still really young, right? I yeah. mean, if you look at age versus mileage, I mean, you haven't been yeah. uh, Olympic lifting since you were like 12. Right, no. So you started a little later. And you just said you're, you're shy under 30, right? Yep. So you'll be 33, 34 when yeah. 24 comes around? 
Yep. I think you'll be okay. I think you have plenty of time, right? Well, and a lot of, I mean, in strength sports, it's not that bad, you know, like, right. so hopefully, right. I mean, that'll be my plan for right now until I compete mm-hmm. next is just get it as strong as I can. And sure. I don't know, work some technique stuff. And hopefully mm-hmm. between those two things, I can put something together, mm-hmm. but we'll see. So what do you, before I let you go, cause I don't want to keep you too long here. Like what advice would you have for somebody who's, you know, thinking about making the transition to Olympic weightlifting or somebody that's just like, you know, like a senior that just graduated that was hoping to throw at the, you know, 20 Olympic trials. Like if they came to you and said, coach, what do I do? I have 18 months. Do I go to grad school? Do I, you know, retire? Like what advice do you have for somebody who's like on the cusp that wants to continue pursuing their dreams? Um, I guess track wise, I guess I would say, I guess, I think it kind of depends. Like if the athlete thinks they have to do it, you know, if they're like, well, I just had a good year, a good career and the Olympics are coming up. Like Mm -hmm. I I should probably train. And I think the way they maybe relay it or express the situation might say a lot if they even want to or not. Sure. Um, And again, I think, I mean, I was okay. Like I threw like far enough in shot, but Mm -hmm. in my opinion, it wasn't going to go to the Olympics ever. Right. And I didn't know, if I'd get better, you know, so mm-hmm. I think it's okay sometimes for people to be content with ending. Right. Um, I mean, we had a, I don't know, you know, the name David Cornack, like he threw at Eau Claire, he threw what, 1980 something in the shot. Yeah. He got like fifth or sixth at D1 nationals. Yep. And he, I mean, he's an unreal athlete and he had right. a job lined up and he's doing awesome. And he had, he was not throwing after, you know, right. And I remember, why, why is he not throwing? Like, but he was content, you know, he was content right. with being done. And I think stories like that are really cool ones to bring up because right. I think sometimes there, you, there's these kids that train after and they're stressed, they're stressed out financially and there's all these things going on and reality, like they might not even want to do it, you know? Right. So I think just really, like, I think I'd be a good person to talk about that with just because right. I am pretty realistic about it all. But mm-hmm. um, as long as you have a job that works with it, like go for it. But if, right you have no plan, like maybe figure out a little plan first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess like transitioning to weightlifting. The nice thing about weightlifting is that you still get to compete. Like you still get to do things that are mm-hmm. fun, and, right. like challenge yourself. And um, you're probably somewhat like introduced to the sport because you were probably doing cleans or some type of snatching in, I guess, college. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot more like, a lot more of the same type of cues and power and all that related between throwing and weightlifting. So I think that's why a lot of throwers make really good weightlifters. So if people are still wanting to compete in something, this is the sport to be in. Sure. Weightlifting. Well, I, I'm, I apologize. I do have one more thing. So there were a couple of questions from Instagram for him. So, um, so the first question is, uh, after throwing and weightlifting, what's your third, fourth and fifth favorite sports? Oh, geez. Um, well, I, I mean, I love watching football. Like, I love college football. Sure. Um, NFL's fine, but I like – I prefer college football. Um, what else? Again, I love basketball. I don't watch as much basketball as you'd think for how much I loved it. Um, I've had athletes that threw for me that played basketball, so I watch mm-hmm. a lot of those games just because they're on the team and I sure. want to know what they're doing. Um, and then what's my fifth favorite sport? I don't know, really. I would say definitely not baseball, definitely yeah. not softball. Sure. <laughs> I don't like those sports. I think it's just because I'm in track and I just mm-hmm. – Right. Um, maybe powerlifting. I don't know if that counts. My sisters were good at that. That so counts. Fun sport to watch. Sure. Would you ever think about powerlifting? Um, I did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, it was really boring for me because sure. to me, powerlifting was track minus the track. Like, mm-hmm. cause we, we did squat bench and deadlift and all track. Right. And then I took part the part that I actually liked the throwing. Right. So I, I did it and it was, I had success with it cause I did it right when I was done competing mm-hmm. in college. So I was still really strong and my dad does it and my sisters did it. Like my sister mm-hmm. is a world champion powerlifter and right. my dad's super strong and he does it, but um, I don't think I'll ever do it. Yeah. You never say never, right? You could, yeah. you could oh, we'll see. right? We'll yeah. see, right? 
Uh, Lexi, the next one, uh, how did, this is more personal and you don't have to answer obviously if you don't want to, how did you and your husband meet? Oh, um, when I was in Madison coaching, my dad's cousin owns a printing company in Madison. And so that summer when I moved there, I wanted to kind of like establish myself there. So I called him up and I was like, I need a job. Like, can I work there a little bit? And so he's like, yeah, sure. When do you want to work? I was like, I mean, I want to work as much as I can in the summer, right. some money. Mm -hmm. um, so he worked at that company. Okay. So he worked there for what, like 13 years when we met. And then when I moved to Oshkosh, when we got married, he moved up here. So he had been at that company for a long time. So that's how we met. <laughs> and then the last one is, uh, which athlete do you think has improved the most under your coaching? Oh, geez. <laughs> definitely one of my athletes. I think so. Let's see. Um, yeah, definitely think it's one of your athletes. Yeah. I would say, and I think the kids would agree with this. That's why I don't feel bad saying it. Mm -hmm. I would probably say Anna. Anna's okay. a she's a junior well she just finished her junior year um but she i think she threw like maybe like 22 feet in a shot in high school okay. and then her brother was on the team with my sister at a different school and so she asked me like at a meet randomly in high school if she could join and i think she was surprised when i told her sure like that's fine because she really didn't throw that far you know sure. but i mean she threw like just under 14 meters in the weight this year, mm -hmm. I think is like super good right. you know, for her. Um, and she's stayed like very positive throughout it all. And um, yeah, she's, I think she's gotten the best, but I could probably find a reason why everyone, I could pick everyone, right? but the kids are going to probably just be like, she's your favorite. That's why right. you pick her, That's but right. they're all my favorite. So <laughs> I used to say that all the time too, either that, or I dislike all of you the same. Yeah. Right? right just kind of no, keep everything on the up and up but i always tell them that i don't have favorites i was like i have what, what how do i say it i always say i don't have favorites i could much rather make a list of five that i'd like the least more than yeah. the people that i like the right. best right right <laughs> but well mary thanks so much yeah. it was like two years coming here i appreciate yeah. you i appreciate you taking the time to uh sit down and talk about life and stuff yeah i appreciate you having me all right. Thank you so much, Mary. Take care. See you later. Yeah, bye. bye.